This is the CGN Mission and Methods Podcast. This episode was recorded at the CalvaryChapel.com studio in November of 2017. Welcome to episode one of the CGN Mission and Methods podcast. This is the official podcast of the Calvary Global Network. I'm Kellen Criswell, and I'm your host for today's episode and today's extra special, super cool, always super cool dressed guest is uh, <laughs> Pastor Brian Broderson. Brian is the pastor of Calvary Costa Mesa and the president of the Calvary Global Network. So welcome, Brian. And it looked like you already have something insightful to say to us. Yes. Thank you, Kellen. <laughs> and um, of course, you guys did make me take off my vest, which was part of my cool attire today, but right, it's all right because right, nobody can see me. Yeah. Um, so I, I've, I'm okay. It's all right. I, I can vouch. The vest, it's a cool vest. It's nothing I could ever pull off. <laughs> But I'm I'm about thirty percent as stylish yeah. as you, so yeah. Well, you know, the vest is like halfway between. You know, it's kind of a half jacket. Mm-hmm. And here in Southern California, we just still are not able to get into a full jacket because right. every day it just the sun comes out. And exactly. So so I decided to go with the half jacket. Yeah, and and for those of you who are listening, I know some of you are in cold climates right now, and you're thinking how great it would be if we had 75 degree temperatures. And and there's a great side to it. But I do have to say, as somebody who comes from a four seasons kind of state growing up most of my life, yeah. it gets a little boring. You know, I, I would agree. <clears throat> and somebody who is born and raised in Southern California, you know, there's a point where you're kind of over this yeah. thing. The you know, one where note. You, you, yeah, you actually would like a little bit of um, diversity in the, in the, yeah. in the climate. So um, that's why I travel. I travel to cold places. <laughs> to so taste I can, the winter. So I can actually wear my cool jackets and things. Right, yeah. Know, that I can't wear here. Yeah, it, that is, I know that none of you care about this, and this is not why you're listening to the podcast, but this is important stuff. So <laughs> that is one of the funny things about California yeah. is I always crack up because the ladies get out their Uggs, you know, yeah. and yeah. sometimes the men, we're in California. But yeah. anyway, the Uggs happen, the yeah. coats happen, the yeah. peacoats happen. Yep, and then, you know, the scarf around the neck. The scarf, absolutely. Yeah. The boots, you know. <laughs> Actually, to, I, this is, I'm sort of making fun of myself here because this morning we got up and there was like specks of rain outside and yeah. my inner Northwesterner, I lived in Portland a bit, you know, yeah. I just started to rejoice at the concept of rain. So I got the only long sleeve flannel I own out and I put it on. And by the time I got to church, about a mile from my house, it was sunshine <laughs> and the blue skies were coming out. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's today's podcast. That's it. And uh, that's we it. just wanted to do a weather report yeah. to start. We hope you're all edified and blessed. So, yeah. So we should we should get into yeah. the uh, the subject. It matters. So the CGN podcast. We felt like it would be appropriate to kick this off. We're going to be talking uh, about uh, in general with the podcast. We'll be discussing um, issues of mission and mission practice. So mission theology, uh, and then practice related to church planting. Um, wherever you happen to be in the world, I was going to say international, but that'd be international to us in the U.S. But just global issues and, and trends and uh, best practices and things like that. But as we get into episode one, 
of the CGN Mission and Methods podcast, we felt like it'd be good to just hear from you, Brian, just kind of share your heart um, behind Calvary Global Network. This is something that um, God deposited into your brain as a vision. Yeah, and and uh, and it's it's connected to the ministry of our local church here at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, but yeah. it's also an independent thing. So yeah, just share your heart a little bit about yeah, the new sure. And, and you know, um, so we're we're about a year down the road from when we launched the global network, but you know that was in my mind for a number of years actually. You know, mm-hmm. and I'd had uh, I'd had conversations occasionally with people. You know, having been. Um, part of, um, you know, as, as Calvary Chapel, um, you know, for many years we had, uh, what we called affiliation Mm -hmm. and then, you know, we went to, we kind of just, you know, changed up the terms, went to an association. Um, but I, I always felt like it would be great if we had something that was a, a little bit looser and a little bit broader. Mm-hmm. Um, it, to me, you know, the, the affiliation and the association, uh, just, a, you know, to me, just a little bit restrictive, you know. So, mm-hmm. so like I said, I mean, I've been kind of thinking through this for some years, having conversations with people about this. And so, you know, there just came a, a moment in time where it just seemed like it was the, you know, to take it from you know, the thinking process and just to put it into action. Yeah. And, and so, you know, for me, um, you know, to me, a network, uh, versus an affiliation or an association is a looser connection. Yeah. Right. And, um, and because it's a looser connection, it, then I, you know, naturally it's not as, as rigid. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I like that, you know, so, so my idea was I, I wanted something that because I am Calvary Chapel, I wanted something that my, you know, my friends in Calvary could feel comfortable with, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, you know, this, this is pretty, pretty much, you know, theologically where we are and, yeah. and, you know, pretty much philosophically where we are as well. Um, so, so they could feel right at home, but that, um, guys who weren't Calvary Chapel could also, because of the similar theological views and philosophical views, uh, come on and, and, you know, be part of it, uh, and still retain their own, um, denominational identity or, you know, whatever their more close association, uh, is. So, you know, for example, I've done work in a lot of different places around the world. And so subsequently I have friends who are from, you know, a Baptist background or an Anglican background or a Pentecostal background mm-hmm. or, you know, Methodist or whatever, you know, just right down the line. And, you know, a number of them would even express to me like, man, I'd, I'd really love to be more connected, um, you know, feel like we're working more closely. Uh, but of course they didn't want to become a Calvary Chapel. Yeah. And I understood that. And I, so I thought, you know, this is a place where they could come in and, and have a, a, you know, a place, a connection and yet still retain their, their own, you know, denominational identity, like I said, or their own, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, everybody's autonomous. So that's, that's kind of a given. Um, But, but that, so that was the idea behind it. And I just, I like that. I like the, um, it, to me, it brings a, a certain amount of freedom. Some people are, you know, maybe a little critical, say, well, it's not, you know, it's kind of a thing where there's no accountability. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, there is some accountability. We have a clear doctrinal statement and we certainly sure. have, right. 
you know, philosophical views and even somebody, as you know, Kellen, somebody who wants to, you know, be part of the global network. We have a brief uh, application that they fill out. And if there's something on there that sort of sends up a red flag for us, mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. we follow through and talk to them about that and yeah. see, you know, are they really compatible? Yeah. And, right. you know, we've, we found on a few occasions that, you know, God bless you, but I don't think the network's for you. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's so the, the idea behind the network is you're explaining it. Part of it's the looseness, like yeah. you're describing. And part of the desire for that is to work with guys who are still like-minded, but yeah. they haven't been flying the Calvary Dove or anything. They're yeah. part of some other kind of movement. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, that is that is true what you're saying. Uh, we have a, a process that they go through and and uh, some information we ask of them and some things we ask the, that they make sure that they agree with before yeah. they... And you can find this information for you who are listening at calvarychapel.com under the Calvary Global Network section on the website. And um, it's true that, you know, it's not a very rigid system. It's a lot like the Gospel Coalition's yeah. system uh, of doing that. But I think one of the things that we were kind of banking on with that is that guys don't want to be associated with something, especially pastors leading churches, caring about theology. They don't want to be associated with something that they don't agree with. Yeah. And right. I think that we have seen that principle play out. You know, I, I've had, um, as the director of CGN, I've had several phone calls even recently of guys calling in and saying, you know, I was reading the reading it over and I felt like I was with you and I was with you, but then there was this thing and they want to talk it out. Yeah. And there's been a couple instances where I would say, you know, um, I love you and, and we're 98%, but that is one of the things that we, yeah. we're going to be committed to as a network. And, and I would encourage you to go join XYZ network. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, right. there's a lot of other options out there yeah. too. You know? Yeah. And you know, you brought up the Gospel Coalition, which I think is a fantastic coalition of mm, churches. Right. And I have really, you know, good, good friends that are part of that. And um, and yet it's obvious that there's the, you know, there's more of a reform tilt to the Gospel mm-hmm. Coalition, which mm-hmm. is fine. That's who that's who they are. Um, you know, we're we're not reformed ourselves. Right. So we're, you know, this network will kind of lean a little bit, you know, back away from that, mm-hmm. even though we appreciate that and think it's fantastic. So, you know, for somebody who says, man, I'd like to be part of something like that, but I I really don't fit with, the, you know, kind of the reformed thing. Well, mm-hmm. you know, maybe this is an alternative to yeah. that. Yeah, that's great. And I think it would be important to to clarify to listeners that um, just kind of where you're at with all this, because I think a lot of people hear um, Brian's letting guys who are not Calvary Chapel be involved, even formally, in the Calvary Global Network. So does that mean Brian is not uh, Calvary Chapel and his convictions anymore? Yeah. And of course, there's there's always a few rumors floating out around about every pastor that's in the ministry. And some have even made these kinds of claims, you know, yeah, yeah. that you ordain women and that yeah. you practice transcendental meditation and <laughs> you know that transcendental all these things I see you do every day. One, yeah, that, that's a new one. I, had, I hadn't heard that one until just a few days ago. Yeah. Um, Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, Kellen, one of the, for example, with the CGN uh, application, um, we had a situation a while back where um, the, the person applying was applying as, uh, you know, pastors, uh, you know, so-and-so it was a husband and wife pastoral team. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we just told them, you know, not, we, you know, that's not where we're at. That's not where we're going. Um, you know, I, I believe that a woman has, you know, many 
options when it comes to ministry. And I, I believe that women, you know, this is controversial for some. I believe that women can even teach a mixed group, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't believe that women are to be ordained pastorally. Right. There's no and, female and sure. elders. At yeah, female elders. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. We don't have any of that. So, um, you know. So yeah. So that's one of our things that we're holding to. Um, again, when it comes to like the you know the various uh, aspects of Reformed theology, um, mm-hmm. you know, we appreciate tons of stuff that comes out of the Reformed camp if you will but uh you know we're we're not reformed yeah. in our soteriology uh, at all and we're generally speaking we're uh you know not not even generally more specifically we're premillennial and then mm-hmm. even i think more generally we're you know we we believe in a rapture and mm-hmm. and you know th- those kinds of things too so um yeah yeah so yeah we're you know we I, I think if you look at our doctrinal statement, it is it is you know pretty straightforward evangel. Mm-hmm. I wanted it intentionally to be a an evangelical statement of faith. Right. Yeah. 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 And so basically, I mean, nothing has changed in your own world as far Nothing's as nothing's changed as far as the way you run the church here, the what you teach. This isn't about you becoming not Calvary. It's about you wanting to work with other guys yeah. who are like minded. Yeah, so. and, and not just wanting to. I already do. So this right. is a way, Absolutely. like I said earlier, yeah. this is a way of of letting guys who have actually approached me about, you know, how can we be more connected? This right. is a way to do that. So, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, a lot of this has developed um, through my own experience, like I said, you know, kind of doing ministry globally, but um, really more specifically, we do a festival in the UK every year and have done so for the past 16 years. And, you know, some of our listeners might not know that I lived in the UK. I planted a church in London and uh, have had ongoing ministry there for 22 years mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. And um, and the majority of people that attend our festival and our 400 volunteers, most of them come out of uh, non-Calvary Chapel churches. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where, you know, you start having these relationships, you know, with other ministries, with other pastors. And you recognize, man, these guys love the Lord. God's using them in beautiful ways. Uh, we don't see eye to eye on every theological point, mm-hmm. but, you know, we n- neither uh, they nor we want to— um, you know, a major in the minors in a yeah, sense, you know, right. the, the essentials is what we're really concerned about and the non-essentials we want to be, mm-hmm. I think generous would be a, a good word there. Yeah. Um, you know, right now I just received word. I got an invitation from uh, a group of 17 churches uh, up in Scotland who have basically, none, none of them are Calvary chapels, 17 churches come together and said, would you come to our town and would you put on a festival? Right, yeah. So it's like... And how could you not? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, so praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to do that. Yeah. And uh, I actually know one, or maybe two, I, I might know two pastors in that town. And, uh, you know, neither one of them would be exactly where I stand theologically, but they're both good, solid evangelical mm-hmm. brothers and I'm excited for them and the 15 others that want us yeah. to come and do something. Yeah, and that that really is what you're describing. It, it is the picture of a network. And I think that's one thing that um, is is going to be helpful to, for people to have a clear <laughs> picture of moving forward is uh, the difference between an association and mm-hmm. um, a denomination versus a network. 
We want to invite you to the 2018 CGN Pastors and Leaders Conference, which is open to pastors, church leaders, and their wives. Join us as we spend four days learning and encouraging each other around the theme of the power of the gospel. All of our main sessions will explore an aspect of how the gospel brings transforming hope to every area of life and reality. In addition to exciting main sessions, the conference will feature many interactive workshops guided by experienced pastors and theologians. For more information and to register, visit pastorsconference.calvarychapel.com. That's pastorsconference.calvarychapel.com. And now, let's get back to the podcast. So with an association and a denomination, obviously you're going to have a lot more uniformity across the board on every doctrinal thing. And network, like you said, it's looser. Um, We have the core doctrines of the faith in common, but because the point of a network is usually more centered on the proclamation of the gospel, it gives you the freedom to kind of associate with one another at that level. Yeah. And, and, you know, whenever you get into something more rigid, you know, there's the, there's the necessity of sort of policing it, you Mm -hmm. know, you got to kind of have your, you know, your sort of your your watchdogs out there. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I I mean, okay, fine. I don't want to spend my time doing that. I I don't want to spend my time policing. I want to just spend my time, you know, trying to move forward get the gospel out of course you know we're always going to run into situations where people have struggle yeah uh, struggles you know they they have right. trouble we're in a war we're in a spiritual battle we'll have casualties and we'll mm-hmm. you know we we can deal with that but again when you have when you have an association by necessity you have to keep within these strict yeah, you gotta boundaries. go a lot deeper on your agreement issues yeah. yeah and and therefore when there's disagreement then all of a sudden you're faced with a yeah. You Let's know, a crisis, a depending council. on, depend, <laughs> yeah, depending on what, what the issue is, you're faced with some sort of a crisis that you got to stop everything and go deal with it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And to be sure, I mean, we, as you know, as those who are listening, as you're hearing this, we're, we're, <laughs> the things we're talking about being loose on are much more the secondary, secondary issues. Things, the, yeah. We're not talking about the exclusivity of Christ, uh, the gospel, you know, all, all of those kinds of things. Regeneration <laughs> by faith alone and Christ alone and, and justification and sanctification and all of this. Yeah. No, we're not talking about any of that yeah. stuff. I mean, that that's kind of seems to me like a given, you know, yeah. that um, we are theologically yeah. orthodox. Yeah, that that's the point. Preserving those things is the point of the process that we have people go through when they when yeah. they join the network. So if you're a part of the network, all of that is assumed, all of that's been taken care of, and then there's freedom in yeah. the areas beyond that. Yeah, and other networks, you know, the, the thing is... Um, you know, like I said, you know, there's not a whole lot of policing. You, you know, once you, once you come through the door, and there's, you know, been that that process they go through to get through the door. Once you come through the door, the assumption is you want to be part of this, and so you're gonna, you know, you're you're gonna be kind of doing what we do, mm-hmm. our specific network. And if you decide you don't want to be, then you'll go be something awesome. else. Or or if we discover like. Hey, did you know that a church in your network is actually, you know, hosting Benny Hinn this weekend? Um, you know, we say, okay, well, we'll, we'll look into know, that. Yeah, we'll have to deal <laughs> with it. You know, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Benny. <laughs> <laughs> Not to pick on anyone, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but but it's it's great. You know, this is a refreshing conversation to have. Um, as as you know, we just had at the time of this recording a few days to get together with a, a large group of guys and just spend a few days praying and talking about yeah. 
gospel issues and ministry together. And uh, I, you know, a couple of, I think three of those guys were um, also part of the Southern Baptist Convention. Most of the, I think 97% of us were Calvary guys. Um, But so these guys are Baptists, right? And, but when you think about who they are, and I guess we, we don't have to name them right now, but you know, I think of each of those guys and I think, yeah, they're pastoring Baptist churches, they're planting Baptist churches, but they're about as Calvary as you get at yeah. the end of the day, you know, yeah, yeah. and and, uh, and they're great guys doing mm-hmm. great ministry. And the thought that we um, would not associate with them, not partner together for the furtherance of yeah. the name of Christ and the gospel going uh, out to the world is just, yeah. why would you want to do that? <laughs> right. And, you know, there's a healthy... Um, you know, with the cross pollinization, there's, it's healthy. You know, I was thinking, it just struck me. Um, I don't know, yesterday, it just came to my mind for some reason, just how good it is. You know, C.S. Lewis used to talk a lot about how, you know, like the importance of a, of a group of friends who could take like a, a piece of literature or something and all read it together and then come together and discuss it. And how beneficial it was to get the perspective of the other voices, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think the problem is when you're, you know, you limit yourself to one movement, if you will, uh, and you just listen to only to yourselves. You you really stunt your own growth. You Absolutely. know, you need to hear what other people have to say about things, even if you might not. In the end, I don't really fully see it that way or agree with it. But you know, just the beauty of being able to to hear somebody else's take mm-hmm. on something is really a good thing. So, yeah, so I, I really appreciate that. And our gathering was fantastic. And as a matter of fact, uh, a few hours after we're finished doing this recording, I am going to be having a meal with a number of uh, local pastors and their wives from our region Great. who are from all the different churches in the area. I mean, there's probably going to be 20 of us. Um, and this this is another... Uh, thing that we're doing on a more on a local level it's not really connected to our network mm-hmm. um, but it's more just a local <clears throat> effort for us uh, in our county to just kind of be see if we can be one church you know mm-hmm. just speak with one voice together um, in gospel yeah you know w- when it comes to gospel gospel issues mm-hmm. so I'm, ex- I'm excited looking forward to tonight it's great I love it it's kind of a it's a practical outworking of the whole integrative theological method of doing theology, which the basis of that is if you just read guys from one camp, you're going to, you know, it's all just a bunch of heads nodding about all the same issues. But if you can take other uh, solid Orthodox evangelical Christians who maybe have a different perspective, it's so healthy to see your own views challenged for you to be able to challenge their views. And often out of that, uh, you can come out even stronger in what you do believe, yeah. and at least more clear in the Bible. And it, it reminds me, I think um, Ed Stetzer and you were having a conversation a couple of years ago, and one of the things that stuck with me as I was listening to it was Ed said that we're often um, afraid to enter into conversation because we think if we do that, we're going to lose our beliefs. Yeah. And so there, there's kind of this fear that creeps in, like, well, I can't talk to them or I can't yeah. read that because maybe I'll get messed up, you yeah. know? Yeah. But in reality, that kind of fear actually prevents us yeah. from the edification of learning through the, what God yeah. is doing in the body of Christ. Yeah, it really does. It's I think it's an unhealthy position, you know, to be in. Um, 
you know, recently I was thinking, um, I just had this strong desire to read George Eldon Ladd's mm. uh, book on, on the rapture. And I can't remember. I think it's a blessed hope is what it's called. I read it years ago, but I wanted to go back and read it again. I didn't think you believed in the rapture anymore. <laughs> yeah, <I'm just> <laughs> so George Eldon Ladd, of course, he was the, you know, the great um, advocate of a post-tribulational uh, rapture. But I listened to a, I listened to a teaching by Walter Martin a while back on the rapture, and, and Walter Martin was post-trib. And, um, and, you know, in the end, I, I didn't agree with his conclusion, but I really was fascinated at the way he got to his conclusion. Yeah, right. And I think it's healthy for us to know that, you know, because sometimes you can easily just sort of dismiss somebody as, well, you know, they're heretical, they're not heretical at all. They just have a kind of a different starting point, so they have a mm-hmm. different conclusion. If you understand their their thinking process, you you can understand how they got to where they ended yeah. up. Now, you know, so for me, going back and reading George Eldon Ladd is just kind of a refresher on, um, okay, yeah, so there is the, you know, the pre-trib view, there is the post-trib view, there is the mid, there mm-hmm, is the... Mm-hmm. Uh, pre wrath, pre wrath, oh, yeah. yeah, all all of that. But it, I think it's just it's healthy to just understand, uh, you know, how these guys got there, yeah. what the thinking process is, and then of course I think it in the end it helps, you know, it helps you to even have a stronger uh, case for your own position. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I only believe what I believe because it's never been challenged, yeah then how good is really my belief, you know? Yeah. And and everybody comes to this place. I think, I mean, I certainly did years ago, you know, um, I came to a place where I loved, uh, the influence of my pastor in my life, pastor Chuck Mm -hmm. Smith. And, and yet there did come a point in my life where I had, I just knew that uh, this, these truths need to be mine uh, because I've seen them right, and sure. been convinced of them in Scripture, not because somebody else saw them and told me that this is what I should yeah. believe. So, you know, every everybody comes to that place where you just have to do that mm-hmm. if you're going to preach with any real conviction about anything. Yeah. It's got to be yours, you know? Yeah, and that's so. very much the heart of the New Testament, you know? I, it, and this is true in every movement. In our movement, kind of one of the phrases has been, well, what would Pastor Chuck say, you know? And in my Reformed friends, it's all about, well, you know what John Piper says, you know? And so we've all got our own version of that. But yeah. what we see in the New Testament, as you're well aware, is the Apostle Paul, of all people, yeah. telling you know, the, the classic text with the Bereans, yeah. when he saw them checking what he said with the teaching of scripture, he yeah. said, this is noble minded. Yeah. And so it, there is that tension, isn't there? How do we value those who've gone before us, those who've had a heavy and, and uh, edifying influence in our spiritual journey, and yet mm-hmm. still, still realize what you're saying. We need to, this needs to be our own convictions. We need to be sure about what the scripture says. And that requires a process yeah. where you take what you've learned from faithful teachers and you still check it with yeah. the word of God. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's healthy. It's the way we need to approach things. Yeah. So all of that to say in this in this broader picture here, this is part of the spirit of CGN in your mind is is doing these kinds of collaborative works, working with other uh, networks, working working with churches from other networks, in addition to being Calvary guys and having our Calvary guys. Yeah. I think. Um, and for the purpose of learning and doing gospel ministry together, and I think that uh, a great 
illustration of what this can look like. One thing that this can look like is the conference we had this past summer. Most of the guys there, you invited them, so you know, were Calvary Chapel guys. They've A lot of them had worked at Costa Mesa for a long time. I think of Richard Semino and others that were speaking there. And yet we had Paul Tripp. We had Dr. Gary Bashirs, and and uh, you know we didn't invite Paul down and say, "Hey, will you teach us the five points of Calvinism?" Because we're not Calvinists, right? <laughs> but we did recognize Paul has this niche ministry of yeah. pastoral sanctification and pastoral care that God is using him in such yeah. a profound and unique way, and we can benefit by that sure. from that. We can, ner- and so he came, and so that kind of a. Yeah, and, and people work. like that are, I mean, they're they're just great. I mean, you know, Paul is such a wonderful guy. And, you know, he he, he had no, uh, you know, he had no agenda to come here and lay the, uh, yeah, lay yeah. the five points They're respectful. Yeah, they yeah, know who absolutely. we are. He right? knows yeah. who we are. He's coming into our world, and he completely respected that. And it was it was a great, great thing, yes. And mm-hmm. and, and those are the things. I mean, I, I often, you know, I spent time in Britain, as I mentioned, and uh as as many of my peers, you know, we spent time reading many uh, people from the past, from that world. And uh, I, I became a real, um, you know, in some ways, sort of a disciple of Lloyd-Jones years and years ago. I just loved everything he did, read, you mm-hmm, know, read mm-hmm. most of his books. Yeah. And I ended up back in the days of cassette tapes. I had his entire tape library. <laughs> when the and, dinosaurs uh, roamed the earth. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so so anyway, but one of the things I, I used to envy, uh, you know, because Britain is a much smaller world than the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and there there was kind of, um, you know, with them, there there was this collaborative thing. You know, it wasn't I mean, there were the various denominations and of course everybody has their, you know, well, we're better than they are kind right, of thing right. that always happens. But, but then you always saw there would see, you know, like for example, like a J.I. Packer and a Martin Lloyd-Jones, you know, Packer's an Anglican, Lloyd-Jones is a Congregationalist, he's a Calvinistic, uh, you know, um, he's a, a Calvinistic Methodist, which, you know, yeah. there weren't many of those. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so you've got that. Then, 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 of course, you've got Stott, you know, who is the classic Anglican guy. But, but you've got all these guys are all working together. They're all they're mm-hmm. evangelicals working for the cause of the gospel. They don't necessarily all believe the same thing on the secondary issues. But so what I'm saying is I used to read like the, you know, Ian Murray's biography, two mm-hmm. volumes on Lloyd-Jones. And, and I would see this and I would think, you know, that's I like that. Yeah. I, I wanted actually to experience that, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the bigger tent, yeah. so to speak. You know? So, so that's, that's a, a little bit of, you know, all of these things have an influence on you. Right. And so mm-hmm. those things from, you know, 25 years ago, 30 years ago that I read as a younger guy, uh, those are the things that have kind of influenced me and that are to some degree, um, influencing that it's the decisions I'm making these days and the direction that I'm going these days. That's great. So CGN, it's a place where Calvary Chapel guys can be who they are and remain with their ministry DNA, but it's also a place where those same guys can work side by side for the cause of the gospel with other like-minded guys, orthodox guys, faithful guys from other networks as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's room for both. Yeah. (laughs) And, And, you know, Kellen, the, you know, um, Patrick Johnston, who wrote the original book, uh, Operation World, mm-hmm. he, he wrote another book called uh, The Church is Bigger Than You Think. And I remember, um, you know, reading that book some years ago. And, 
you know, and that, and that, that was just an, another influential thing, you know, where you, you, you just kind of break out of, you know, maybe the, the world that you've just sort of exclusively been in and you recognize, man, God, God is doing so many different things. And, and even recently, you know, I read a, a, a lengthy article the other day on a ministry that I won't name, but it's, you know, a lot of controversy surrounds it as far as, you know, very charismatic and some of their practices and stuff. And, you know, I mean, I myself would say, uh, those practices are kind of kooky. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but so yet, weird. but yet it, it's hard to deny that God is actually using them, uh-huh. you know, and that God is working in, in the midst of sometimes even the craziness. Yeah. And I think that, I think sometimes today we're just too, at least in our world, we're, we're just too rigid. And I think back to, you know, I, I think back to, again, Pastor Chuck Smith, and I remember, um, you know, back in those days, you know, people talk about the tent days and mm-hmm. all of that. And, you know, there were some kind of crazy things that yeah. went on. And and Chuck had enough wisdom back then not to just throw a wet blanket on everything. Mm. You know, sometimes he would just stand back and just sort of observe, you know. And it was stuff that some people would be standing beside him going, hey, you need to stop that. That We yeah. can't let that go on. And he just was more patient you know yeah. he he waited and let the spirit to you know as much as he could let the spirit deal with it and, and i think you know the classic statement of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. but i do think that we we can easily become guilty of doing mm-hmm. that because going back to the article that i read um you know this this church has had a a, a very positive and powerful impact on the community uh that they're in and um so, you know, you, you kind of look at some of the wild and crazy stuff and you go, okay, now that, that's weird. And that's, I don't mm-hmm, think that's mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. But then you can't just dismiss it and say, you know, God's not yeah. in it because there's other, you know, powerful, powerful stories about conversions and deliverance from drug addiction and prostitution and, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. Right. And you just go, well. You know, that's the stuff Jesus does right there. So. Yeah. So we can have conversations about these other things that we don't agree with about, but but at the same time, like you're saying, yeah. it turns out God really does use the weak, I guess, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's it has. It's always, as you look back through the archival footage of those days and that it's always fascinated me to see Pastor Chuck on TBN and what was the Catherine Coleman? Is that? Cool, Coolman. Coolman. Yeah. You know, he would, he would go on these kinds of things. Yeah affirming what was good yeah not ne- and like a Catherine Catherine Kuhlman is a great example of she was kind of uh what I was just describing a moment ago she was a, a version of that back yeah. you know 50 years ago mm-hmm. so she was kind of the mm-hmm. you know the eccentric sort of uh, you know a little spooky weird yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, wow okay. that is weird yeah. uh but again you know, in the midst of some of that weirdness, God was mm-hmm. God was still at work. Cool. Well, we got just a couple minutes left here, Brian. So maybe maybe as we wrap up, um, I just want to ask. Maybe you could describe what you hope to see CGN ultimately accomplish. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Kellen, uh, heart, my heart has been for many decades now really church planting you know I, I just believe that the great commission is best fulfilled through the planting of churches go mm-hmm. make disciples of all the nations and and the context for disciple making is a church so the apostles seem to understand that because that's what they went out and did so i i just want to keep doing that i mean it's you know it's not rocket science it's not really complicated it's just you know continue to plant churches continue to help people equip people to uh pastor churches um 
you know, continue to send people out. Uh, something that's exciting, uh, something that I'm excited about that's directly connected to the network is, uh, you know, we're doing conferences in different places in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just in the Middle East recently, and we did a conference in the Middle East. And um, I just had this this vision of of refresh, you know, I, that, that verse in Acts um, 3 has always just spoken to me, you know, that times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. I, I like that statement, yeah, you know. Yeah. And um, so I just kind of got on this this kick in my mind about refresh. And then I thought of different conferences that we're already doing around the world. And I thought, you know, um, that that's kind of a vision for the future. We're, we're going to be having conferences in different locations, different continents, uh, Asia, mm -hmm, right. Europe, Middle East, uh, Australia, uh, Africa. And, and we're going to have these refresh conferences that all have, you know, the 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 primary objective is times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Yeah. But under that umbrella, you know, obviously we'll do different things at different times, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm, I'm just super excited about that. I feel like there's that the Lord wants to refresh us, you know? So Jesus said to the disciples on occasion, you know, you know, come away with me to a deserted place. And, and sometimes now I, I believe in conferences. We're going to continue to have our main conferences that we do here mm -hmm. uh, at our, uh, home church, Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, places like, um, uh, you know, uh, the UK and, you know, different places where we have Austria, a, the con conference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there, but then I want to have these, these things that are kind of probably a little bit more like a retreat or kind of a combination between a conference mm -hmm. and a retreat. You know, to me, the difference between a conference and a retreat is a conference is really stacked with, you know, teaching after teaching mm -hmm. after teaching and mm -hmm. workshop and seminar yeah. where retreats like, yeah, a little bit of teaching, Come and rest. some prayer, yeah. but let's relax a little bit, yeah. you know. Yeah, so the Refresh conferences, we're going to kind of, you know, tweak them a little bit to make them more refreshing. Yeah, so those will be happening around the world. Around the world, yeah. Be watching out for them. Yeah. Cool. Well, great, great conversation, Brian. Appreciate it. Well, good. I enjoyed it, and, yeah. and I think you enjoyed it. I hope the Absolutely. listeners enjoy it, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you are listening to today, we just encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, uh, stay tuned for more. I think next episode, we're going to dive a little deeper into the CGN vision, mission, uh, doctrinal positions, and philosophy of ministry. So uh, be looking out for that, and we will chat with you next time. All right. All right.